Welcome to the podcast, People More Interesting Than Me. I'm your host, Michael Stromsky, where every week I host a new guest with unique professions, personal adversity, or even maybe a strong opinion or two. And if you haven't hit the five stars review on Apple Podcasts, please hit it now before you forget. Running a podcast is a surprising amount of work, and more reviews converts into a wider range of future guests. Today, we've got a special guest, Chris Brown, and definitely not the musician. Um, I actually was in Boy Scouts with Chris Brown way back when, and I keep on saying Chris Brown, and I've never actually said his name in such a long time that it sounds like the musician, but it's not the musician, people. Uh, Yeah, Uh, we both were in Boy Scouts for a long period of time, both Eagle Scouts, and uh, just recently, I started looking at his Facebook, and at, when you listen to the interview, uh, he's he's been doing a lot of, he's been using the outdoors as a therapy for a lot of people looking to kind of free themselves and kind of, um, kind of reorient their mental state and how they view life, um, and with that, he... Uh, He's the visionary founder of LifeWays, which is in Colorado, an organization kind of dedicated to celebrating the unique life paths of their students through a blend of nature-based mentorship, um, wilderness adventure, rites of passage, and mindful practices. We talk about a lot of good stuff. We talk about uh, what kind of the practice, like what kind of techniques they use when they go out on the trips, about a lot of traps that people fall into, and how to kind of reorient ourselves so yeah uh that's the episode i hope you guys uh, enjoy it because it's a good one i don't I don't know what you call those uh <laughs> what do you call it when there's two mountain ranges like so close together and they come in between that right or they yeah right they pass through a saddle or the, yeah i mean it's a gorgeous picture yeah okay rest environment for the train to pass through it runs along the animus river basin the whole way you know, people from all over the country just come to Durango to ride the train, which is pretty funny because, you know, there's so much else to do in Durango. It's a it's a really special place. It's where the desert meets the mountains. It's the southern terminus of the San Juans. It's really I beautiful. like I like that. Where the desert wait, what did you say? That sounds where like the desert Yeah, where the desert meets the mountains. Oh, yeah. that's good. Is that what it says yeah. like when you drive in? That sounds really <laughs> cool though. When the desert no, meets the mountains. I'm yeah, I mean I don't think that's on their on their billboard, but it certainly is uh, a huge part for for the local community to connect to. I mean, in terms of outdoor adventure and recreation, and you know what the Lifeways Project is setting out to do, it's it's an ideal place to help people connect to the natural world. You know, there's something to do every single part of the year, um, and you know you're not that far from Utah, New Mexico, Arizona. We're right in the Four Corners region, and so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a special place. It's a special place. That's awesome. Now, I'm probably going to title that the episode if I try to remember that. Uh, and and that's the crazy <laughs> thing. I, I went to uh, Albuquerque a little while back hmm. for, for work. And I went up to, I don't even remember the name. Like, you, you've probably been there. But I, I went up to the top of the mountain and took the uh, gondola, I think it was. And, sure, like, I saw, like, snow, like, ski equipment. I'm like there's no way that they have like snowboarding and skiing up here. And there's, 
and and there is it just baffled me like you think of like new mexico and you think of just or i think of it stupidly as like like super hot and you never think like hey there could be like snow up here but i guess wherever there's a range or like altitude there's always snow yep yeah i mean people forget may not even know but santa fe santa fe new mexico is the highest state capital in the u.s really? um, which is pretty remarkable yeah, it's over seven thousand feet. Yeah. Do you quiz yeah. question? Do you oh. know where the highest national park is? Oh, let's see. Um, in the lower forty-eight. I mean, I, uh, I bet Denali. I bet Denali National Park is pretty high, right? I don't know. I I don't know. What's what's the answer? The only reason I say that is because I know the answer. Uh, it's <laughs> it's it's Rocky Mountain. The uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, we just yeah. we just went there maybe like two months ago, and oh great, you know how like you think the altitude won't affect you, like you get off the plane totally. like in Denver, <laughs> and you're like, oh, it's complete, which it was completely fine. It wasn't like the first time, and we had been to uh, Peru too, and done like the oh Appal wow, and I was gonna say Appalachian Trail. We did the. Uh, the emperor's new groove i can't remember the trail uh, <laughs> but uh so we so we were at rocky mountain and we we like drove all the way up all the way up and it was like baffling because like i stay in somewhat shape because i have to because medical stuff and i was just walking and it was out of breath it was just like sure it's just so funny that the ecosystem can do that to your body like even though you're not acclimated to it, it's just funny. Okay. Yeah, yeah. We're we're off topics, but how about you? Um, what are you working on currently in the Durango? In the Durango, yeah, I am. Well, let's see. I guess I'll start with this. I've been I've been at the intersection of the mental health and wellness industry and outdoor recreation and wilderness therapy for the last yeah, eight to 10 years. And right now what that looks like for me is I'm a program manager, program coordinator for La Plata Youth Services, a local nonprofit doing social work and case management and clinical therapy for students in downtown Durango um, for marginalized and at-risk youth um, from elementary all the way up to high, high school. Um, and then I, I started the LifeWays Project um, because well, one, I received some grant money to really serve local youth to get them outside and to reduce barriers to accessing outdoor space. And um, something that I'm really passionate about in that process is also helping people start to begin a healing journey, a transformative journey for themselves and their communities without necessarily calling that therapy. And I think the mentorship model is is really, really helpful, especially for male identifying humans. I mean, you know, there's so much stigma about feeling and how how to communicate your emotional experience as a man and what does it mean to be a man? And, um, and so the mentorship framework and model, I think does a great job of, uh, yeah, reducing barriers to accessing the outdoor space and also the heart space. And so, um, yeah, the Lifeways Project is born out of that vision and, um, yeah, just really excited to have more opportunities to work with my community here 
full of so many compassionate and talented wilderness guides and mentors and kind of mobilize our effort to first and foremost support local youth um, and then also bring that that model to to people all over the U.S. Okay and through my research I didn't I didn't mention this obviously because it didn't come to mind even though I don't know why it didn't come to mind uh I looked through your website, your biography, all the details. And what do you think I didn't find? Like, like I, do you want to guess? <laughs> I, you know, I don't think I mentioned, uh, I don't think I mentioned being a boy scout on there or being you mean, an eagle you scout. You mean an eagle scout? Like, when, uh, yeah, like yeah. I read through all your credentials and That's obviously so it is amazing. It is amazing that you've done like eight years and what was the range? It was like eight to like 75 year old people that you've kind of counseled and stuff like that. And yeah. I get to the very end and I don't see anything like <laughs> if if anything, this is like one of the one jobs where it's just like, oh, okay, that applies. Yeah. Like, and I was like, totally baffle me. He, he didn't say that, anything about being an Eagle Scout. Uh, that's good feedback. You know, I mean, honestly, man, like I, I've, uh, you know, that was, being a scout was was what really gave me the the gumption to trust when the opportunities presented themselves to be in the outdoor industry to say yes to them you know i, I without scouting i wouldn't have had the context to know you know what does this world even look like what does it even feel like to engage in in the outdoor space and so yeah i mean i think of folks in in our community growing up that were huge huge influences i mean you know, Mr. McGovern and Mr. Patterson and, and folks like that, mentors, truly uh, embracing the space. So, yeah, I appreciate that. I'll have to add that to the site. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, just just thinking about that, and I was even thinking about it on my ride home. Like, I don't think I appreciated it enough. Um, I You probably didn't feel this way, but like, you know, the weekends, like, I don't know if you ever had like FOMO, like you were... I don't know, we were going like cold weather camping or going biking on the CNO Canal. And when I look at it now, like some of those were like some of the best trips. And I just remember being on the trip sometimes and just like missing home because somebody's birthday or like, you know, I mean, A, B, C, D, some some type of thing. Um, and the other big thing I notice is we... And I don't know if this is the same for you. I mean, we're not we're not too far apart, but like phones and video games and mostly phones, like they weren't as big and as like um, paramount in children's lives as they were then. Like we could, I th I think the most we could, I think yeah, iPhones weren't really uh, coming out then. It was like two thousand uh, two thousand nine, two thousand ten, like the first iPhone came out. And it was it was more like you were taking photos and stuff like that, but it wasn't something that would keep you from trips, you know, like keep you like totally sure. zonked out. And the other thing is the best thing about camping is back then you were totally off the grid. Like even if you did have yep. your phone, it was just like <laughs> and circling back is it was just really nice to disconnect. And like the other thing is I never got so close to my dad before on that level. Because it was always like going to Home Depot, you know, like going to Home Depot or doing stuff like that. And I'd never had that atmosphere with him. And it was kind of definitely 
it was kind of like a uh, anger management type deal for him because he would always get angry <laughs> and he would have to kind of like refocus himself. And then for me, it was just like kind of, I don't know, being close with him, working with him on stuff where like it was actually a relationship. I don't know if you had similar like uh, or you even developed stuff like that with your and the other thing I saw is your your hours. I know you didn't add your uh, Boy Scout hours to your, was it 1,500 or 1,800 nights on the ground? Yeah, I mean, it's probably at this point closer to 18 when um, I've documented that. But yeah, I mean, it's been, it's been a lot of time sleeping on the earth and sleeping with all different types of people. Um, but to your point about, you know, growing up and going outside in that way, I mean, we were we were and are probably one of the last generations where phones weren't an integral part of our upbringing. You know, we're like in this transit transition phase where we got to enjoy <laughs> growing up with a little less technological stimulus. And I think that's a big, a big motivation for me to hold this space for students and for families and for businesses even is to just like give them an opportunity to disconnect and say no to that level of stimulus and to really really drop in um i mean we just we're seduced and distracted so often by these these screens and you know they're they're a beautiful piece for moving us forward in a lot of ways but i think we've got to do a better job of just like asking ourselves how to slow down and, and step away so that we can actually use them as tools and i think the outdoor space is a big part of that um and yeah, I mean, I, I 100% agree. Like there was all that FOMO that came up growing up. You know, you you would commit to these these trips, and you're like, oh, I'm not going to see my friends. Or I'm, you know, for me, it was all about like whether or not I was going to miss baseball practice or a big tournament. You know, I was I was pretty heavily involved in sports growing up, and um, there was always some sort of sacrifice to go outside with the scouts. And um, yeah, I was really grateful that I did take those opportunities. And, you know, my dad was more involved with, with my younger brothers than with me in that space. But he and I did actually get to go to sea base together. And I think that was a really cool trip to go sail and have the privilege to do that growing up was really special. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think I just, I took a lot of risk after undergrad to pursue sort of like an alternative lifestyle to live out out of the country for a couple of years and live down in South America and work for a small company and learn, you know, how to speak some Spanish and translate and um, learn the ins and outs of, of the outdoor industry and kind of cut my teeth down there. And then, um, you know, being down there sleeping in a tent for six to eight months at a time was, was a lot, <laughs> but that, that really, that really set me on this, this journey of like honing in on that intersection between yeah, mental health and wellness, outdoor space, education. Um, and I haven't, yeah, I haven't really strayed from that. It feels, feels like that's where my calling is. And it feels like for me, this, this dynamic right now is it's so important to figure out how we hold space and what our relationship is to space um both internally and externally instead of our relationship to time you know are, are we're just so caught up with the scarcity of time and you know time is money time is this opportunity cost what am i 
yeah, what am I giving up to do these things? And where am I going to be in five to 10 years? It's all about time. It's like this big fear-based scarcity thing. And for me, I think leaning into the outdoor world, it's all about space, like celebrating the space that you're in, space that you're sharing with other individuals, with the creatures, with the seasons, and just really deepening connection to also a sense of place. I think that's a big part of why I've landed here in Durango and and just so captivated by the beauty here and um yeah the energy of this of this of this landscape um but yeah that's kind of that's kind of what's really kept me on this 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 path um is like really leaning into the meaning of space more than how we spend our time okay and i had a well i have a friend uh i think he listens to this podcast maybe he doesn't uh in college <laughs> uh in college i think he started working or maybe it was after college but working for outward bound which i became more cool. familiar with and i and i saw like your post on facebook and that's what kind of uh kind of draw like drew me to you and to see if we could do the interview and i i wanted to ask you what would you say and i i know that's usually for troubled use and i saw on a post or one of or something that you had that that you were trying to do this differently this wasn't that what set you apart to those that try to take um you know like these these are the people you saw on I, I don't know what the equivalency is today but like you know Jerry Springer where they take these <laughs> kids to like the jail and they're like we're gonna scare you straight like so obviously that's not like what you're trying to do what what would you say sets you apart from that? Yeah, great question. So I think if we look at the outdoor, like kind of wellness industry as a whole, Outward Bound and the National Outdoor Leadership School or Knowles, you know, those those two were sort of the the organizations that set us on this path for working with young people in the wilderness. And um, you know. I think the biggest thing that those two organizations focus on is the hard skills, like teaching someone how to sail, teaching someone how to rock climb, teaching someone how to do some expeditionary trips and learning, and um, you know, doing that for course credit and having these big expeditions. And so there isn't a lot of focus in the outdoor industry to really teach the social emotional skills to integrate those experiences into everybody's waking life you know similar to the metaphor of like you can't stay on the summit right you got to come back down um you can't live you can't live at fourteen thousand feet and hang out at the top of longs all day you got to come back down and so i think what's missing is that level of of integration with a guide before during and after wilderness programs and so that's the biggest thing with our mentorship model that sets us apart. We're going to work with you before you even come out. We're, we're able to build trust. We're able to have an idea of what your goals are. We can create a wellness plan for you. And, you know, maybe your goals are above and beyond just learning some of the wilderness skills and knolls and outward bound. They're not ever going to touch any of that. And so we're going to welcome that. And whether you're into art, music, maybe you really enjoy you know, potentially going on a therapeutic path, or you want to start a business, you know, we can help you with 
some more of those life things and, and set set some goals up for you. And, um, you know, maybe you're really into trying to develop a mindfulness practice. You know, that's a huge part of our curriculum. Or maybe you're really attracted to knowing that you want to make some changes in your life and you're not sure how. Um, so all of those conversations can be had before you even come to Durango or you even come out to the Southwest and do a course with us. Um, and then on course, yeah, we're going to teach you a bunch of wilderness skills, just like Knowles or Outward Bound would. And, um, you know, maybe even next year we'll be offering climbing courses and a lot of our mentorship will be around uh, rock climbing and improving your skills. Um, but needless to say, it's again all about the follow up and it's all about really developing more of a long term relationship with us as guides um, so that you're set up to continue to integrate these experiences and follow your path uh, with some help outside of your family system. You know, I think we really lean on the fact that it does take a village to raise young people, you know, and um, it also takes a village to support the family system. It also takes a village to support businesses and, you know, to, to really trust that there are people in in this world that can can help you connect some of those dots and that you can't do it alone and so that's that's where our community steps up and, and says like hey here's some tools you know our curriculum is all about belonging it's all about helping you refine what does it mean for you to try and live in your essence and to feel like you can connect to your people and um so yeah i mean we do a lot of work with just like communication styles identifying your patterns and um yeah doing so in a way that's not clinical therapy and it's also not yeah not knolls or outward bound we're not just gonna have you come out here and then say goodbye um and yeah i think i think there's also just more more potential for us again to widen our scope of practice to serve families and businesses and again knolls and outward bound aren't really going to be marketing for that either yeah, that sounds because um, so. I, I I don't know much about both those agencies, but I would imagine you kind of have a I'm thinking of them as entomens if I have to compare it to baked goods. And you guys are kind of like the the uh, authentic like mom and pop shop that like, you know, everyone in the city, like you're you're taking care <laughs> of all their specific needs. You're not just going to like send out like baked goods at like this person to this person it all has to be specifically catered it's not like one thing or like five different things is going to work for everyone it's really about right long term not like a short-term band-aid where you yep. kind of outward bound and I, I don't remember the other one but uh it's kind of it sounds like what they try to do obviously they're they're trying trying to fix something but they're trying to do it on a long scale and from what i usually see you have to scale up dramatically for that and it's hard to do you know be personal and have long-term care for that um yeah exactly and so how i i know you talked about this on switching kind of like time uh, time not time management but uh how we're so focused on time where we need to kind of shift that to kind of taking space into effect. But 
how have you seen that nature is kind of a catalyst for some of these kids? And the other cool thing I saw that is you have up to ages of 28. And I was like, man, if only I was younger. But uh, <laughs> yeah, totally. But, well, I'll just I'll just start by saying like, yeah, we're, we really want like our our ideal student is someone who's seeking seeking to make a change. And that can happen at, you know, 16 years old. Somebody knows that they need they need some help and they want some help, but they're not in crisis and they want to work with a professional. Like, give us a call. And same goes for a young adult. Maybe you're a pre-professional and you've just been in your first job for two years and you're like, damn, this is not what I expected it to be. Or like some some things came up with your family and you don't know how to navigate it. And you're really interested to reconnect with some outdoor skills that you already have. You're like, oh, these guys seem kind of cool. I'd give them a call. It's like, yeah please do. Um, I think there's that, that age group is like, boom, there's perfect, so much, perfect time there's so much juice. Yeah. See, you say that. And obviously I'm both of us. I mean, both of us had mom and dads were, and that that's one of the coolest things I saw on your profile is that you said that you're, you're from a nice upbringing. Like usually you don't, mm -hmm. you don't hear people say that, but you can tell by the bio, but I love that. And the fact that like you're just putting it out there. Um I had such a good train of thought. Uh what were we talking about? Well, you you kind of asked me to come back to um yeah, just like that element of 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 space and, and serving um oh. this age group. Yeah, I remember yeah, now like all these all these kids, um, and like I was saying, we were from such i mean we didn't it's not that we didn't have any like mental issues and stuff like that it's just so hard to tell i and i think this applies to anyone who's listening that how do you tell that you need help with the situation you're how do, how do you look in from the outside on your own situation you know what i mean like especially at such a young age at like 60 i mean telling me something like that at age like 16 or even like 23 or 24 to be honest like it's so hard to self-regulate yourself without knowing like do you feel like nature is such a good it, like you have so much going off like we're talking about like phones and everything about that but I mean like social media and all that like nature must be such like a a hater quote instagram but like cleanse you know what i mean like something that's just like <laughs> you have all the noise gone so you can kind of just like focus on yourself not just yourself but like yourself compared to like i don't know other people sure yeah i mean i i hear two points to your question michael and the first is like well how do you know when you need to ask for help you know i think that's a huge challenge for americans right now and I think like what we're running into in just like marketing this project and in our company is that, you know, as a preventative early stage intervention program and not clinical therapy, it's hard for people to say, yeah, like I, I do need that. You know, I think that's a big challenge for us. I think that that's a big part of like destigmatizing this narrative of it's, it's, it's not a good thing to ask for help. I need to lone wolf my way through this i can do this by myself and um you know i think we're in a position to to shift that narrative and that's our hope and to be of service to that because 
you know, a lot of healing can happen before someone's in crisis. You know, you don't need to be in crisis to ask for help. And, and I don't necessarily have an answer for a cookie cutter answer for folks to say, like, you meet these metrics, you need help. You know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not here to say that. Um, but I just hope that people, you know, trust themselves when something feels off or, you know, they're getting some feedback from some friends or some family members that, you know, things are hard right now and maybe it'd be worth reaching out and talking to somebody about that or taking a course and, and exploring more of who you are. Um, or maybe even help just looks like you're asking some tough questions about this absurd world, you know, like our, our situation right now is unique and complex and really challenging to navigate for young people. And we just hope to be a resource. Um, so that's, I think, an answer to your first question. And then, then in terms of how nature is a supportive sort of vessel, I would say, for change and transformation. Look, nature is ambivalent. You step outside for two, three, four, six days with us, and it doesn't matter. Nature doesn't care about what you think or how you're feeling or whether or not you like the cold or you're adverse to the rain. I mean, you're going to have to learn how to respond and not react to those changes and mirrors all around you in relationship with us and with your cohort and with the natural world. I mean, it's, it's magic. It's truly, truly magic. People, people have these really clear moments of, discernment of like dang i do that thing and that doesn't serve me or like wow i'm really good at you know sharing how hard this is for me right now and actually that's really healthy um and so yeah the combination of just like turning off the phone being really present or at least more present than you have been maybe in a long time or ever and then you've got the mindfulness curriculum every morning and afternoon and then you're learning how to use your hands and use your body to to hike and, and stay moving. And um, there's just so much health and healing that happens through the routine of being outside. And, you know, whether that's for, again, for a weekend retreat, whether that's for backpacking, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter. Like anytime, anytime with us in that space, it's, it's all going to be just a bunch of mirrors reflecting to you how you're showing up. And I think, um, for us, we just believe that the natural world is the best place to do the healing journey. There aren't better ways to do it. You know, I think um, there's a, there's an element of simplicity to that that creates space for people to be themselves. No, that that's great. I I definitely see that. Uh, <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Sorry, I was listening so intently. I I forgot my question. Uh, Maybe I'll just go with one of these questions and cut my jibber jabber out right here. Uh, what I was going to say, and you kind of said not to say that, but you mentioned like mindfulness uh, sessions and stuff like that. I was going to ask you, can you give me some example examples kind of of um, techniques? But obviously all these techniques don't work on everyone. But what are some um I don't want to say activities. That sounds like you're going to a like a like a company retreat. But what what are some? I guess we call them practices. 
what are some good practices that you guys do to kind of not pull out what they kind of like need but to put it this way like obviously somebody is getting massage and they get it for some reason there's some areas that they really need attention how do you kind of um see what those are i know you said that you guys do um kind of like um you talk it out before you guys even go on the trips so what what is the process like for that yeah great question i mean in the process of creating a wellness plan for all of our students or our families um yeah and again even for businesses it's like this is a baseline assessment of what are you bringing to the table what do you perceive as your gaps and and what do you want to learn how do you want to grow and so within that framework we're able to say you know here's your past here's maybe some things that would be helpful for you and you know maybe progressive muscle relaxation as a technique for regulation is helpful for one person and you know, butterfly tapping or five, four, three, two, ones. Those little mindfulness mindfulness exercises are helpful for another. And um, but everybody, everybody will learn how to sit and practice mindfulness meditation, which is basically labeling your experience, your senses, whatever comes into experience, as it is. No story, no elaboration, no judgment. Hearing, hearing, feeling the wind feeling tension in my right knee, those little cues are happening all the time. And then you go specifically back to labeling the breath. And so every single student will kind of learn how to do that. And we have options for dropping into group meditations every week. We have options for dropping into group yoga practices every week. And that's uh, all accessible for virtual participants to just drop into. Um, And yeah in that vein you know we we typically teach vinyasa practices sometimes it's specifically ashtanga yoga one of our guides brian phelps is really just quite the expert in yoga and has almost 500 hours of yoga teacher training at this point and trains teachers um he's just a wealth of knowledge and does a great job of meeting students and families and, and folks where they're at and understands like how much to push and challenge and how much to to just soften and, and do more restorative work but yeah to your point you know in in session and, and out in in the field with us like you're going to learn more unique moments to to sit and be with and find presence that are unique to you it's your path it's not us we're not attached to um you know checking boxes for our curriculum we want to be able to sit down and listen and 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 feel with you like what it is you're really struggling with or how well you're succeeding at certain things and um you know i think for a lot of people just the art of making a fire is a meditative experience or the art of waking up and you know sharing mate or making your oats or cooking a meal over the fire you know those are all moments as well that that line up for us is just constellations of again doing doing more with space than what we just do with time and uh letting people soften into their strengths so um really a lot of what we're trying to support in even mindfulness work is how how quickly can we slow down together to regulate what i call our collective nervous system so 
if I'm having a hard time, you're probably going to feel that in our meditation space. And so can I healthily find a way to either ask for help or, or share where I'm at so that I can drop in a little bit more? You know, do I need some guide coaching and support to say like, hey, do you need a second? And um, can we make space for you right now? And so, yeah, there, there are really subtle ways in which the mindfulness work is always on the table. And then there are also more direct pathways to just practicing those skills every day when we're on course. And typically our rhythm is we'll sit for 15 to 20 minutes um, to start the day. And then maybe we'll eat or, um, yeah, share some time around the fire and then do yoga when it warms up a little bit or do yoga in the afternoon. But every day we do both of those things. And, um, you know, the students eventually get to lead those experiences and exercises as a form of practice for themselves. And it's also something that, you know, we, we continue to coach after courses. Cause again, it's all about practice and doing that with communities so that you don't feel like you're alone. Um, you know, even for me, I've been trying to practice meditation and, and yoga for, you know, going on 10, 12 years now. And it's harder to do by myself than it is with, you know, my partner or, a group of friends. So, um, yeah, we just want to make that more accessible to people. Just to make you seem more human, what is something that you've been trying to work out, let's say in the last couple of months or even longer? Yeah. I mean, great question. Like, man, so much of my work is just like letting go of control. <laughs> you know, like I, I, uh, you know, I'm a pretty, driven person and I've, I've i've kind of been balancing this this uh tightrope of like not putting too much on my plate and when time becomes scarce for me i grasp for control you know i want to make sure that my ducks are in a row and um you know i push people away in that and i don't take care of myself and um you know, I, I stop exercising for a couple of days or I miss a couple of days with my yoga and meditation practice or, you know, it just, it all kind of bleeds into one thing after the next. And, you know, right now I've got, you know, I'm finishing up my master's in social work degree at Colorado State University. I've launched the Lifeways business and uh, I also have a full-time job for a nonprofit here in town. And so there's some pretty big buckets and you know, when I, when I, when I grasp for control, it, it, it makes it, it makes it harder to stay in connection with other people. And, uh, I don't want that. I don't want to push other people away. And, um, yeah, just something that I've been tracking and tending to and trying to, um, be humble about, you know, like we all have something that we're working on and, uh, I'm not above that. And uh, I don't, don't think any of us, within the life place community are, are trying to be gurus or people that we're not like, we don't have all the answers. We just know that some of these things work and the combination thereof, I think is like really exciting. And um, yeah, we just want to bring that enthusiasm to, to support others while we're also trying to walk our own path and make sense of <laughs> just pretty absurd, Makes pretty absurd sense. world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I usually say like five years down the line, just like a, one of those cliche, uh, I don't know, job interviews, but what do you see? 
I don't I don't know a good way to phrase this, but down the line, where do you see what's your vision? Like, where do you see this as a self-sustaining business? Do you see like crews going out like like 20 people groups kind of like uh, like what we like another reflection back on to like our experience with Boy Scouts, because I actually never talk about Boy Scouts whatsoever. But like when you think about the logistics that these all these adults did and then the kids would just go and like yeah. all this food like i do a i do a bike ride every year for my birthday and the logistics of like getting the bikes to point a and then picking the bikes up from point like b is just like i don't i don't know why i do it because you don't want to be stressed out on your birthday about like 10 or 15 bikes and how to get them like 15 miles back to like where they need to be um it like where where do you like large trips do you want to like how do you want this to flourish that's my mm-hmm. that's that's what i'm going to put on it yeah totally i mean here's the deal i mean we've been really blessed so fortunately to balance this combination of nonprofit partnership with local i mean large nonprofits in our community and we're serving those students and we hope to continue to do that and that's a huge part of our our ethos is giving back and serving this marginalized group that typically never has access to these services i mean that i hope continues forever i mean maybe that idea stays around longer than i do that would be the dream um you know i mean we're serving native youth and families we're serving you know, families that are having a hard time even putting food on their table, much less like could dream about going into the wilderness for a week at a time or have a mentor for six months out of the year. I mean, it's amazing that the stuff that we we've been able to create in that space with those nonprofit partnerships is is dreamable, really, really, really beautiful. So one, I hope we continue to do that and serve that demographic and uh, take a lot of pride in how we're able to do that. And <clears throat> Two, I mean, I hope that we have, I hope we have access to land and we have our own, basically like our own eco institution and we've got capacity to teach yoga and mindfulness, um, meditation strategies on site and we can bring people in and, you know, hold seminars and continue to sort of inform land-based connection and what I, what I like to say, like an eco awakening experience, you know, we want people to learn how to love their, them and their bodies and, and their hearts and also how to connect to the earth. You know, I think we believe that like, if we don't have any connection to our planet, we're all going to suffer, you know, we're going to have a really hard time in, in this phase of needing to adapt and listen. Um, and so I think having a community center that allows us to do that would be really special um and then obviously we would run trips and courses from from that locale and that space and in in doing so i think really what we're hoping to support is serving students across all genders you know right now we're we're focusing only with with male identifying students based on how we identify and also just where our capacity is at but we hope to, to to open that up um and then continuing to serve that 16 to 28 year old space while also then working with the family systems and running family retreats 
And perhaps that does become a little bit more like clinical therapy um, and doing some some intense, um, yeah, therapeutic work for families, but redefining that as like vacation time, like helping families realize that if they invest in themselves to take these courses and walk outside together as a whole family system, they're going to come back with a new set of skills, a whole new toolbox of how to navigate challenge and conflict and also the high times. Um, and I think that will be really beautiful. I, I really, really hope to, to set that up and set that up well. Um, and then lastly, I mean, I hope we're, hope we're running business trips and we're running trainings and we're celebrating our curriculum with a diverse group of of folks who maybe also work with youth, or maybe we're just training a bunch of school teachers in how to bring this type of work into the classroom. And um, we've already done a little bit of that with the Durango School District and our culture crafting curriculum around belonging and and, and nervous system work. Um, but really, you know, everything from the tech industry down to blue collar space, you know, there's always something to to navigate as a team when more than one person comes together you know there's there's tension or there's there's bliss and you know how do we how do we celebrate that and how do we help people find their path in in those ways and um you know and then everything in between i think we'll probably do you know maybe we've got some folks who want to do some like natural building projects and teach folks how to build homes with materials from the land or you know, maybe we've got some folks who want to do some dream work and some psychotherapy stuff. And, um, you know, I, I feel really open to where this project takes us, but ultimately I want to, I want this project to be of service and to be relevant to supporting, addressing some of the big existential challenges that are on our doorstep as a species. And, you know, that's a lofty vision. And ultimately, like, I believe that time outside and time spent in community with this desire to heal and to grow is what's going to propel all people forward to be at their best. And, you know, whatever you do with your life, you are going to be better off if you have these skills. And I firmly believe that. And I've seen that impact my life, even though obviously I'm not perfect, but man, I was in a dark place in college and I struggled, you know, I struggled trying to find my way <laughs> growing up i wish i had someone to to lean on or at least some more tools to go outside or come back and and chart my course back to day to day and um you know that's what we're setting up to do and um yeah maybe this will be like you know we're serving 50 courses a year uh maybe we're doing more than that but we're we're looking pretty good in terms of permits. I mean, we we run courses all through the summer in the San Juan National Forest. We're only one of four companies that have access to that, and it's beautiful. And you know, in the coming months, we'll probably have permits in Canyonlands to do some backpacking and some day hiking there. Um, yeah, again, the fact that we can run programming almost all year round in this part of the world sets us up really, really well. So, um, yeah, I. I <laughs> I've got my heart open and, and my eyes are big. I think it's it's a special time to be in this space and trying to create really a new industry for um, people to get outside and the people for people to work on themselves. So, um, 
Yeah. I don't know. I can't I can't predict the future, but that's the hope. That's no, the I like it. Staying open to it. I, I feel like as long as you stay open to, I guess, not a specific train of thought, but something that comes parallel or something so close to you that it kind of supports you. And it, mm-hmm. I don't want to say fate. It's definitely not fate. But it's it's like if you're going on this path and there's so many opportunities that are available to you. And it's if you change not your mindset, but what you're open to. And I know like many times in my life, I'm kind of like, ah, I've got stigmas on like a lot of stuff. But as soon as I kind of like put both like feet into it, I'm like every single time. It's basically like, man, if only I had been doing this like two years earlier. Totally. I mean, for me, you know, I was resistant to doing yoga until I was 24 years old. I was like, oh, this is garbage. Like, what is this? I mean, this is like, come on, this is culturally appropriated. It's like, it's commodified in all these different ways, blah, blah, blah. I'm just going to do my stretching, you know, or whatever. And like, yeah, I mean, it's changed my life. I mean, I, I wouldn't be doing the activities at such a high degree or high capacity if it weren't for a, you know almost a daily practice and um yeah i mean i was <laughs> i pushed away so many things that I, I i do now when i was younger and you know i think that's really well said michael i think there's got to be some degree of openness and you know as i said earlier like if this vision is going to succeed and, and the project is going to go well, at some point I am going to have to let go of control too, you know? And, and I think that's like uh, a big part of what you're speaking to. And, um, you know, someone's got to hold the vision right now. And I think that person needs to be me, but ultimately like, who knows, who knows where this will go. You know, maybe we get some investors who are really excited about it. And, you know, I, I lay some, I lay some stuff on the, on the ground and like, who knows? I, I can't say, but, um yeah open heart open heart to what's what's of service feels important that's good so what i usually close with is what is something that your parents did growing up that you'd like to pass on to the next generation and second part of the question is what is something new or different you'd want to try yeah i mean i love this question i i also just feel so fortunate to have had the upbringing that I've had and, and just feel so grateful for my folks. Um, I mean, they just taught me so much about discipline and honoring your commitments. And like you say, you're going to do something, you should do it. And, um, you know, I think there was a lot growing up where we, you know, we had a lot on our plate and we were playing sports and doing school and doing music and doing scouts. And, um, but every single time, you know, my my mom and dad would make sure that we were in a place to actually commit to those things. And I think that that's something that I still take with me today. It's like um, you gotta you gotta follow through and honor your word and, and do your best. And um, yeah, I'm really grateful how for how they shared that with us growing up. Um, no, I like and that. something I would say. Yeah, I'd say like something that I do differently is, you know, in the same breath, like, you know, my my parents, um, I think they, growing up, there wasn't a lot of time and space for like 
sharing our emotional experience and you know culturally at the time i don't think that was what was being taught or what was viewed as important and i do think that that's something that you know from my path has been so helpful and and um you know obviously i'm biased like this is what i do for a living and um you know if i am to have kids or if i am to support families even if i don't have a child of my own i think that's like a huge piece is can can families learn how to slow down to actually recognize what everybody is feeling or what one individual seems to be feeling or at least stay curious about that process for someone else in the family unit and um can that be genuine can families truly do that routinely and genuinely to support whatever's coming up and uh to be okay with it and to not take it personally if your son daughter child is feeling a certain way um it's not not a reflection of the parent um and i think that's a huge a huge piece for folks to consider um and i hope yeah to either share that with with a family of my own or with other families going forward no that's definitely good because i think when i when i started having kids i had a fear that i was going to have like anger like my my parents kind of had like you like you're afraid you're i mean everyone's afraid that they're going to get the negative qualities of their parents um and luckily i don't know like when my my kid has meltdowns or like like it's it's a horrible situation i kind of i tell him to take breaths and like count and stuff like that and that's one thing i'm actually impressed with my parenting I'm not saying I'm like an amazing father or anything, but I'm, I'm, I'm proud of myself for that one, one thing about just patience and like, I don't know, just cooling off. And I don't know about anything else, but that, that part I like. Yeah. That's a great example. I think that's beautiful. And there's a, yeah, I think that you're only able to do that if you realize that someone else's behavior is actually not about you, not necessarily something that you need to take personally when your son's feeling that way. And um, yeah, I just hope that, yeah, people understand that we all need to practice that. <laughs> like there's, in any relationship, there's always this moment where it's like, damn, is that about me? And <laughs> you know, like, what do I do with that, right? And yeah, um, yeah I, again, I think, yeah, again, I'm biased. I think the best place to do that is outside and to lean into taking a course and um, yeah, celebrating like all that this world has to offer. It's freaking magic. It's really special to be here at all. So, so yeah. obviously, we've pro promoted LifeWave so much. Is there anything else you want to promote? I mean, you could say anything, anything coming up with LifeWaves, anything, events? Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for asking. We are we are running a mentor treat weekend in the Southwest, um, November 3rd to the 5th. We still do have some spots open. And that weekend does include mentorship for and after uh, with a guide. And you get to go on our website and choose who you want to work with. Um, but anyone from anywhere in the U.S. can attend. Um, you just got to get here and even if you don't want to come on the course, you can still access our curriculum and work with us individually uh, from anywhere. 
through our virtual portal and um but yeah that's our wild heart warrior weekend and uh we're really excited i think it'll be a beautiful beautiful course and three full days of of, of work um so yeah give me a shout if you have any questions that's great thank you very much for uh doing the interview i appreciate it yeah thank you michael thanks for having yeah. me on yeah no problem if you like this week's episode of people more interesting than me please follow me on apple podcasts so you won't miss out on more episodes like these